0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zuber Radio with guest host
1: Dave Woodard. Legalized marijuana will be here as of Canada Day 2018. At least that's the report out this week suggesting the federal Liberal Party is getting ready to roll out its plans for legalizing pots. Here's some of what the report says so far. The federal government will be in charge of supply and getting it out to the provinces. It will also set the minimum age to buy marijuana at 18. The provinces will decide exactly how marijuana will be distributed and sold and can, if they want to, raise the minimum age to buy. For its part, the provincial Liberals haven't really weighed in on what it would do, but Kathleen Wynne has said in the past that she'd like to see weed sold out of the LCBO. That it's well suited for the task. What do you think about legalizing marijuana? Is it a good idea? Do you think the government is doing this responsibly? Or should they not be doing this at all? Will you be buying marijuana once it's legal to do so? 416 360 0740 or 1 866 740 4740. To get his thoughts on this reported plan on legalizing marijuana, we turn to University of Windsor professor and author of Off the Streets Legalizing Drugs, Dr. Bill Bogart. Bill, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. So what do you think of this report so far?
2: Well, uh, in a word, finally, uh, (laughs) meaning that uh, we've uh, been waiting a long time for this uh, legislation. It was part of the Uh, uh, platform of the Liberals in the last federal election and that was many months ago and we've been living in the shadow of all this so i think it is time to move forward that's not to say that there won't be complexities but um you know i i think um it's time to see legislation uh and and start the parliamentary process which of course will provide uh lots of room for discussion and debate within the legislature itself and also in the media and uh, in in other venues.
1: Now, Bill, you've written a lot about and talked a lot about getting the criminal element out of drugs. Does this go far enough to keep the drugs out of the hands of children and possibly more importantly, does it go far enough to get the criminals out of it?
2: Well, let's take the kids first. Um, You know, we'll have to see what the details are. I mean, in fairness, this was just a kind of sketch, and uh, we're, legislation is going to be tabled this t- sometime this month. But I certainly agree with those who are concerned about uh, children. Uh, kids should not be using this uh, drug, or certainly without not with any kind of frequency. So uh, a whole bunch of us are going to want to be satisfied that there's a plan in place to... Um, Persuade kids that uh, using marijuana is not the way to go. Now, in terms of the uh, criminal element, um, you know the way to confront the illicit market is to legalize. Um, prohibition is a boon to the underworld. It, it, it's a predicate for the uh, underground market to, to function. Uh, that's how an underground market works. It, it's in the shadow of prohibition. So by legalizing it, you are confronting the um, uh, underground. Now, will the illicit market disappear overnight? No, it's going to take a concerted effort to push back the criminals, but certainly legalization is a critical first step.
1: Now it does appear that the federal government is looking to um, have uh, licensed producers to grow cannabis throughout the country. Is there a concern that this might be kind of like, you know, Uncle Billy Bob making you know moonshine out of his bathtub?
2: Well, I think it's sort of to the contrary. That is to say that um, you're letting people who are uh, pretty sophisticated in this area. Um, because uh, many of them are already producing uh, um, medical marijuana to um, move to the recreational uh, arena and uh, produce it in some kind of coherent way where um, quality assurance um, measures can be put into uh, place. So I think that's the thinking. Now, uh, you and your readers will also be aware uh, that uh, there's also plans – to allow individuals up to four plants uh, uh, for their own personal possession and use. So actually growing your own is apparently going to be part of this uh, regime for those who want to do that.
1: We're sp- uh, speaking with Dr. Bill Bogart, a University of Windsor professor and author of Off the Streets Legalizing Drugs. Uh, now, Kathleen Wynne has said that she thinks that the LCBO is the perfect place to sell legal marijuana, but this report says the two should be separate. So what will that mean for a lot of these shops that are already in place, and some of them, uh, as a matter of fact, being uh, rated on a, a pretty regular basis? Well, a couple of
2: thoughts here. I mean, uh, um Uh, The McClellan report, which was the task force report on marijuana, which reported in December, uh, said, and you're quite right, that um, the sale of marijuana should be separated from alcohol and tobacco. So uh, Premier Wynne's plan to sell it in the LCBO was how shall I say, frowned upon by the task force. But at the end of the day, the provinces are going to decide this question. So it is still possible that it could be sold um, out of the LCBO. We're just going to have to wait and see, and wait and see what the people of Ontario think of all this. Um, But uh, as far as the dispensaries, you know, I think that their role is, is going forward is questionable, as you and your listeners no some many of them have been subject to police investigation and and even raids and there have been situations where uh some have apparently sold uh tainted products and of course there there's the whole accusation that many of them purport to sell marijuana for medicinal purposes, but in fact it 's being sold for recreational purposes, so anything can happen, but I think their future of the dispensaries are uh, certainly in question and and uh, up until the point of legalization and regulation uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and, and other members of the Liberal government have made it very clear that the law is the law. That is to say, the criminal law is still in force. So the, these dispensaries could still be subject to investigation and raiding where that's appropriate.
1: Phone numbers to call 416 or 1-866-740-4740. Uh, Barb and Stutton, you have a comment. Hello? Oh, yeah, hi, Barb. Go
3: ahead.
1: Hi. I'm Minarian
3: up here in home care up in Sutton area, and I've seen it for many years with the medical marijuana use, and now with CBD oil being more prevalent as well. I know that we're not the 53 for madness, and I agree with the professor that it's out there, and there's a lot of people with bogus um, medical prescriptions for medical marijuana who use it for recreational use. If you want it, you can get it, and I think the government's wise in legalizing it, keeping a handle on it. Personally, I think it should be done out of dispensaries, not so much out of the LCBO. Um, I know that already there are large grow operations that are growing legally to produce the marijuana that's used medically. Um, But I think it's a wise idea. I think it's long overdue.
1: Barb, thanks a lot for your call. I appreciate it. Is this – I mean, you said it off the top. Finally, this is something that is really long overdue, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, that's just not my view or anything of that nature. I mean, you know, the liberals ra- ran on this platform. Now, there are many other aspects to the platform, but they received uh, a, ma- a majority. And, 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 you know, if you look at the polls, generally speaking um, – the the number of people in Canada who favor legalization regulation has been rising over the last um, several years. So that's what I mean about finally. I think there is consensus that we should move in this direction. The devil is in the details, and that's that's what's going to be worked out over the next several ma- months. But I, it's time to get, it's time to attend to those details and move forward.
1: Now, there is a culture here where marijuana is only smoked or ingested in the privacy of your own home. Uh, Some of the reports suggest that uh, where uh, marijuana will be sold, it will be sold uh, in its own storefronts. Uh, It won't be um, advertised to children. Uh, Is there any evidence that you can see that changes the marijuana culture?
2: well i think it will change uh, over a period of time and what i mean by that uh, you know it's it's now part of the the underground and uh, when things are illegal uh, people naturally have to be more secretive and furtive about the activity uh think of of gambling uh six decades in this co- country and remember six decades ago gambling was a criminal activity so it was done behind closed doors and wary of police uh getting uh raiding etc cetera, etc cetera. and and you know uh in the late 60s we uh legalized and regulated uh gambling and and we've seen enormous shifts in how gambling is, is conducted in a much more open way. The, there's still problems, of course, uh, with uh, people with impaired control, but we're dealing with all of that within a regulatory framework. So I think that, you know, the culture will shift.
1: Bill Bogart, professor at the University of Windsor and author of Off the Streets, Legalizing Drugs. Thanks so much for your time.
0: Thanks for having me on. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Dave Woodard.
1: We're talking legal marijuana and the federal liberal plan to roll out legalized marijuana in Canada Day 2018. Uh, She's known as the so-called Princess of Pots. Jody Emery and her husband Mark have been pro-marijuana advocates for decades, rallying for years to get marijuana legalized, and now it's just over a year away. Jody joins us on the line now. As I've said, Jody, you've been fighting for this for decades. How does this feel?
4: I'm encouraged that the Liberals say they'll follow through on an election promise. But I know that historically, governments have always promised and failed to deliver on marijuana law reform. So knowing that Bill Blair, the former chief of police in Toronto, has been touring across Canada representing the legalization team, he's telling all of these police to raid dispensaries and continue enforcing the law. So while everyone's excited about the idea of marijuana being legal, today and yesterday and tomorrow, police are wasting tax dollars, arresting peaceful people, giving criminal records for something that will be legal in the near future. We've seen over 200 raids on dispensaries since Trudeau became prime minister, and these are many different peaceful places being forced to suffer an unfair demonization campaign, which results in very serious charges like my own.
1: And we will get to that in a moment. Uh, Specifically about this report, uh, what are some of the current concerns that you have?
4: I'm concerned that the government is looking to control the production side too tightly. When the Liberals got elected, they were immediately lobbied by the medical marijuana producers who were set up underneath the Harper government, which is a very prohibitive government. But those licensed producers have a very limited control over the market, and they lobbied the government to be able to have the entire marijuana market. So you're seeing this push from the federal government to allow very few people mostly politically connected, former police, former politicians, former premiers and prime ministers. These former prohibitionists are all positioning to profit off of marijuana when it's legal. But in the meantime, they're looking to freeze out all the small players and all of the existing industry producers who have built this whole industry from the ground up and have suffered greatly over years in doing so. So I hope that the government will open up the production side to be more inclusive because there is no way that the licensed producers will be able to grow the amount of marijuana that's already being grown and already being sold to thousands of Canadians across the country every day.
1: We want to hear from you. What do you think of the reports? And will you buy marijuana once it's legal? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We're speaking with marijuana activist Jody Emery. Jody, uh, here in Ontario, Kathleen Wynne has said previously that she thinks the LCBO is a good place to sell legal marijuana. But the report says that marijuana and liquor should be sold separately. So does that mean a place like Cannabis Culture has uh, a place in moving forward with this?
4: I sure hope so. When we started the Cannabis Culture storefront model last April, after two decades plus of Cannabis Culture being a magazine, head shop and vapor lounge, the idea of the stores was to demonstrate what legalization should look like. Adults can walk in, show their ID, and choose from a variety of prices and quality. And that was really a beautiful model. Unfortunately, we were arrested and raided. And over the year, we've been raided multiple times. But the method was always to reopen because we truly believe that these storefronts should be allowed to operate as long as they're not hurting anybody or being a threat to society, then they should be allowed to be treated like a bar or a restaurant or any other business. So there's room for storefronts in this model, but it's worrisome that people like my husband and myself are being shut down and blocked out from participating in the industry that we literally dedicated our lives, went to prison, been arrested and harassed for for
1: so long. If cannabis culture is allowed to reopen and there are storefronts out there, what would change for you from a business perspective?
4: I hope that when I'm free of these charges and hopefully I don't go to prison for life, that is a potential under what I'm facing. Hopefully I don't go to prison at all. But if I'm able to be free and to return to work, I would love to see cannabis culture as the name associated with ethical cannabis, that we've always been fighting on behalf of the victims of prohibition, and that we would demonstrate a way for businesses to be an ethical model, giving back to those who have paid so dearly for legalization to come. This industry is not like the dot-com boom or the yoga studio craze or any other industry that comes out of nowhere. This industry already exists. There are already a lot of people in it and they suffer persecution and demonization. So I hope that when everything is clear, when the smoke clears, as it were, I'll be positioned to take part in this industry, along with many, many others who should be allowed. I don't want an exclusive industry. We need an inclusive industry and a true free market where the best businesses win simply for providing the best product and service.
1: Now, if cannabis culture isn't allowed to reopen, what role would you see yourself and your husband, Mark, uh, taking in this new legalized world?
4: Well, prohibition might be ending in some ways, but as we've seen with many social justice issues, reform doesn't stop. The need for reform doesn't stop, even if government gives you a little bit. You always need to ask for more. For example, women have the right to vote now, but they're still not not getting equal pay in many cases. And although we have had a black president in the United States, we still see that there are laws uh, in effect that are enforcing slavery-type conditions on mostly marginalized people of color uh, in the name of the drug war in the United States and all sorts of racial inequality. So even though reforms happen, the need to fight for more never ends. So even if marijuana is legal to buy in storefronts and people are no longer arrested for possession, I'm still going to need to campaign for pardons and amnesty and an apology because of the Many millions of Canadians who have received criminal records or who have been affected by having their son or daughter or parents put in prison or arrested. I mean, prohibition has cost all of us in terms of tax dollars and our civil liberties. That's something that I'm never going to stop fighting for. So if I'm going to run for office or just organize a campaign to lobby the governments to let people be free. I'll always be involved in this movement because it's always going to need advocates. Um, When you win freedom, your enemies are always trying to take it back. So the pendulum swings back and forth, and we were winning for a few years, and now it looks like a big crackdown is going to hurt a lot of people in this year ahead before the government's position to capitalize on pot.
1: I'm speaking with marijuana activist Jody Emery. Jody, the last time that you were here at the Zoomerplex, it was earlier this month, Uh, A lot happened after you left the building and went to Pearson Airport. Can you tell us exactly what happened when you and your husband, Mark, were arrested?
4: Well, part of my job has always been to engage in debates and discussions about marijuana. So it was an honour to be part of a panel discussion about legalisation. We had a fantastic time with the live audience. I think the show is going to be really wonderful. I always love to have a debate, uh, especially after years of everyone agreeing with us about legalization. (laughs) So I was eager to promote that event, and I went and packed up my bags and then went to the airport and found myself arrested by the police as we exited an Uber vehicle, which is ironic given that Uber is also illegal in places, but they managed (laughs) to get adopted by the government for some reason instead of raided. Um, But, you know, it was a really traumatic arrest um, when I look back on it. At the time... I was brave. I didn't get scared because I've been studying for years how people are affected by arrest. But as I look back on two nights in jail, being strip searched twice and kept in a room with the lights on that never turn off and the unsanitary conditions, all sorts of aspects of what I went through are appalling. And it's wrong for any peaceful person to be put through that sort of treatment, especially when they've not only not hurt people, but helped many people, as we have. So that was quite an eye-opener, and at least I can say that I have gone through what so many people have suffered and what I've been protesting against for so long.
1: And what charges do they lay against you and Mark?
4: It looks like I'm facing possession for the purpose of trafficking, possession of the proceeds of crime, and conspiracy to commit an indictable offence the conspiracy charges are pretty severe. I mean, when you look at it, you don't even need to commit a crime to be found guilty of conspiracy. It's simply to discuss breaking the law makes you guilty of the crime. So given that Mark and I were very high-profile and open about everything that we did, um, it's clear that cannabis culture was running stores that sold recreational cannabis. But that's something we're not ashamed of. We believe that it was urgently needed to demonstrate to people what legalization should look like. And although our punishments are extremely severe, including our bail conditions, just to get out, I have to give up my business. I have to give up everything I've ever worked for. I can't see some of my best friends. I can't live in Vancouver. I can't even travel across Canada. I had to give up speaking engagements because of this. So, This is hurting us in many ways, and it will hurt for years to come, but it'll also hurt the taxpayer who's going to be forced to pay for our unjust persecution along with everybody else's.
1: So you are obviously out of prison now, but what happens now with with this case going forward?
4: Well, our first appearance is April 21st, and at that point we'll get the initial information about the whole investigation. So from that point on, we'll plan our defense and... We hope to win and have the charges thrown out, as they should be, but it could be a number of years in the court process. And if we want to make it, if we can, we'd like to make it all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada and challenge the validity of prohibition laws entirely. Now, that could be a five-year process, a very expensive process, but it's only through court challenges and victories that we've had marijuana laws change in this country, and we have fantastic lawyers who have gone to the Supreme Court already and won on behalf of patients. So we look forward to our chance to argue in court about why we shouldn't be considered criminals and we shouldn't suffer the harm of criminal punishment when we've never hurt any other human being in any way, shape, or form.
1: Marijuana activist Jody Emery, we will uh, continue following up on this story with you. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Now, as I said, Jody was here uh, at the Zoomerplex for a panel for a taping of the Zoomer TV show. You can watch it on April 3rd, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. There will be repeats on April 7th at 2 p.m. and again at 11 p.m. on April 7th. A couple of calls. uh, Let's go to Marvin in Toronto. Marvin, what did you want to say?
4: Hello, Um, I'm not
2: against, I don't smoke marijuana myself, and I'm not against legalizing it, but what this woman has to realize, and her husband and others like them, it's still illegal, so they're going to be arrested, they're going to be charged.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I think what, uh, what she was saying, what Jody Emery was saying, was that it's, it's kind of a ridiculous thing for her to still be charged on these things uh, when uh, there is a plan to legalize it, and it's so close.
2: But still, it's not legal right now. That oh. is the point.
1: No, that's a good point, Marvin. Thanks. Janice, uh, you have a question about driving under the influence. Oh, I
5: have a couple of points. Um, okay. Your last caller was absolutely right. I wonder if your guests there would have would equate her fight for legalizing marijuana and being charged in the interim waiting for it to be legal with, say, euthanizing our elderly, which, you know, everybody talked about for years. So she, so those people also shouldn't have been uh, criminalized over their actions. But anyway.
1: No, that's I'm, a, that's a good point, Janice. What I would
5: like to really see is for every person who admits to smoking marijuana, and like like I think, you know, do whatever you want. That's no problem, as long as it doesn't hurt other people. Go ahead, smoke your marijuana, but you will be required to have several stickers on your car that indicate that you are a marijuana smoker, large enough for me, so that when I'm driving my precious grandchildren towards you, I can evade your line of of, uh, traffic because I don't want to be anywhere near you because there's no way of telling if you're high or not. And you could say, well, same thing with a drunk driver. Yeah, maybe so. But anyway, put a big sticker on your windshield. I drive and I smoke marijuana.
1: No problem. Janice, thanks for your call. It's an interesting point uh, because currently there are no um, plans in place. Well, there are plans in place by police to try to get this, but th- there's nothing that, uh, is, um, that you can bring to court and say, yeah, you've been smoking marijuana and driving at the same time. So, uh, you know, they're, they're hoping to have something in place before this does become legal, but we'll have to wait and see.